Dearest you, this episode is a little bit different. It was recorded live at Sundays Offline in Brisbane in November 2023. Sweet Jasmine Dowling and I, we caught up on really all that we've moved through in the four years between Honest Conversations, the first time we met in person and recorded together for the podcast was in 2019 in the very same venue, in the very same city. So it was extremely special to come together again in community in front of a live audience and yeah, just discuss the texture really of the last four years, you know, beyond the pandemic, which was significant enough. We've both just done some living and Jasmine especially has done a lot of allowing and accepting and I'd also say some letting go Um, and she shares some wonderful news, some good news in this conversation as well. So we hope you adore our chat and more than anything, I just hope you feel like you're right there in the room with us. Before we dive in though, I would like to take this opportunity to say a very sincere thank you to everyone who made this event possible, but really everyone who made it memorable. You know, it's always the collective energy, the collective creativity that makes stuff like this feel so special. So I want to thank Cass from New Said Studios for hosting offline once again in your beautiful creative space. I remember walking into the venue the morning of the event and Cass and her team had set it up just like we'd asked. The same stools and the high table and the seating, the same as we had it four years ago. But when I walked in, I looked over to the right and I saw this beautiful Sarah Ellison couch and this incredible curved coffee table. And I looked at Cass and I was like, oh, I've got a vision. (laughs) I think this one's more of a set. And so we were able to use the lounge, which made Jasmine and I just so comfy because we were nervous, which you'll hear. And just really felt like a true representation of offline today. You know, my business and my brand has evolved and matured so much since I was in Brisbane last. And it just felt so wonderful to kind of step into that aesthetically in the space as well. So thank you for just going the distance with me on the day (laughs) and changing everything around. Um, I also want to say thank you to a cherished co-creator, from off, but just within Offline's community, Kimberly. I want to thank you for your effortless and calm event management style. And also, yeah, just allowing me to be suspended in that creative process. You literally were the reason I could just roll in and do my thing. So thank you. I'd also love to say thank you to Lune Sparkling for our refreshing drinks. When I was looking for a drink sponsor for the event, 
I was really thinking, oh, what can I get that's like very offline? And then Kimberly introduced me to Lune Sparkling Water. They are infused with, you're going to love it, positively charged crystals, you know it, and botanical extracts. And I just feel like it's offline in a drink. So we all enjoyed those so much. So thank you to Lune Sparkling. Now, aside from Kimberly, the other reason why I felt so calm and just clear on the day is because I think I had the best sleep I've had since having Betty three years ago. <laughs> and the the hotel behind that is Miss Midgley's. So any caregiver will understand this, whether you are caring for family or friends or children. Alone in an quiet air-conditioned room on a king-size bed with incredible sheets, just (laughs) the dream. Um, If you haven't heard of Miss Midgley's, my goodness, interesting, stunning, special, such a a rich experience, a rich stay. So Miss Midgley's is a 160-year-old heritage home that, just like all of us, has had many lives. And the house was recently reimagined as a heritage guest house by mother and daughter duo Lizzie and Lisa. And it's perfectly positioned on James Street in New Farm, Unfortunately, I didn't see any of James Street because it was such a quick trip. But if you are looking for somewhere that just feels that little bit more special to stay, then have a look at Miss Midgley's. I think you'll adore it. I actually created a um, a cute little reel for my personal Instagram, so you can go and have a look at that there. I'd also love to say thank you to Zoe from Censure Studio for the incredible event images. If you fancy putting a picture to the sound, then you can see these on Offline's Instagram account. It's at getoffline.co. Zoe DM'd me, I think about a week out from the event. It was all a bit loosey-goosey and I hadn't secured a photographer yet. And she said, I would absolutely love to to shoot it if you'll have me. And thank goodness she messaged me and I'm so glad I said yes because she really captured that special offline community essence. I also want to say thank you to another cherished co-creator, Jess, from Hanako Studio for creating such a perfectly abstract floral arrangement. Um, There was no brief. It was just like you do your perfect thing and it's going to be stunning and it was. So thank you for the flowers and just the love and care that went into creating that for the event. And finally, thank you to House of Harvey for the yummy food. As these things tend to go, I didn't get to eat really any of it. Um, but seeing the images of the grazing table set, it just looked phenomenal. So thank you. Alrighty. I am officially transporting you back to November in 2023. 
in sunny Brisbane for an honest conversation with Jasmine Dowling and I. Enjoy. So I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today, the Mianjin people, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. When I started recording for Offline nearly six years ago, which is crazy, I had two intentions. The first was to explore true self. And the closed second was something I haven't actually spoken a lot about lately, but I'm sort of feeling like I'm returning to as seasons go on. And that's to give the women that we love to follow on Instagram a very safe space to open up about all that they're moving through behind the filter. I also wanted to play a small role in helping you see them for who they truly are, which is these smart, creative, hardworking businesswomen who I think are responsible for this thing we now call the creator economy. And when I think about who has led the way in this new era of what we now think of as creative commerce, I think about Jasmine Dowling. Yes. <laughs> um, it's not just what she creates, it's also how she creates and the way that she takes us with her when she does. So for the second time live at beautiful Newstead Studios with a whole vibe, I have to share with you when we came in, it was very similar to the last setup, high table, high stalls. And then I had a look at the lounge, I was like, there's another vision coming through. And um, it feels really nice and comfortable to be sitting this way. When Sarah Allison is in the room, you're like, you've got to put it to use. Sure. <laughs> so um, please join me in welcoming our beautiful guest, Jasmine Dowling. <laughs> um, I'll share with you, which I think is just a nice thing to do. As much as I do this a lot, I'm nervous. I still get nervous. And um, Jasmine's nervous too, so we just ask that you hold us in our nerves. And I know that the more we get into chatting, the more relaxed we'll feel. But I think it's always nice just to break the ice more yeah. for us than anyone it's else. It's always uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't normally sit in a room full of people looking at me, so no. <laughs> I'm normally alone <laughs> in my house. Um, talk to me about the view. Is everyone see okay? Because that was our only concern was... When we weren't sitting up high, you wouldn't be able to see us. No one's feeling cranky that they can't see. No. Um, I wanted to start by asking you, did you listen back to the last episode? I tried. Um, I got like 10 minutes in and I was like, girl, like be quiet. <laughs> like, and then it made me really nervous about doing it again because I just thought, oh, do you really want to talk again? And say a whole lot of stuff that doesn't mean anything. Like that's how I first got into it. Um, and then I thought I should not do this. <laughs> Why have I said yes? Yes. Well, I, I more thought like, let me turn this off before I regret everything and have to email you back and say, look, <laughs> change of mind. I've, I've moved. <laughs> Forget my name. So I, 
I didn't listen. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, fucking listen. Like, (laughs) you need to know what you spoke about last time. Like, this is a checking in episode. But the truth is, much the same as you, I avoided listening because hearing myself a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it's horrific. It's so bad. I was like, why were you talking so much? Like, stop. I've I've done it again. It's I'm interviewing you and I was... No, I feel like I was talking too much. No, that's the whole so, point. Yeah, I Michael kept... did say he's like it was a podcast that you were on. I was in my interruption era. <laughs> I'm always in that era, <laughs> which I got so much feedback about in Apple reviews, which I now don't read because they're no. very toxic for my mental health. No, don't do that. Um, but so I did listen back, and I got most of the way through, and. I, on behalf of both of us, do want to kind of take a moment for our growth because just you creatively, even like the distance, and I know what we're going to talk about today, you're going to share kind of how you've evolved your thinking about what you do as well, um, the, the tone and pace of my voice, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just interesting to be in this unique situation of being able to continue to witness your growth. And that everything you have ever believed at any time is on record (laughs) for you to revisit. But so it's this beautiful thing where you can go, wow, like you don't get many opportunities actually to sit in that and go, wow, I have evolved. I have grown. I heard a lot of um, what we were both moving through probably behind the scenes a bit more that we Mm -hmm. weren't being explicit about. Um, Negativity from me. I heard myself being quite negative. Yeah. Maybe I should listen back. You don't have to. <laughs> Leave that in the vault. I feel like that was for me. Um, the other thing is like little did we know what was coming for us because we recorded that sometime in 2019. I think it was. The good <laughs> years. I have a post-viral cough, so enjoy it. <laughs> it's going to keep happening. Um, August 2019 or April is one of the two. Um, came out of that year, obviously, I don't want to spend too long on this night. And then COVID happened. But then COVID did happen. Mm. And I don't Fun think yeah, either of us knew. And then for me, gosh, I've been through it. You have. Like I've been through it in four years. And I just remember how light I felt here mm. and how everything was just kind of easy and exciting and things were growing and it was all the potential of what could be. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like I got absolutely dragged <laughs> through some texture. You're lucky that you're here again. You made it here. Some part made of me a bit flopped on this lounge like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's rough. I had a whole child. You have a human. <laughs> you made a human. That's crazy. I grew a whole human in my body. That's wild. Um, amongst many other things that we might get into. <laughs> For you, mm. If you could sum up the last four years, is there a word you would use or just how would you speak into four years? I think it's probably the word that I used in the email back to you is just in limbo. Um, I feel like COVID kind of threw a spanner in the works like for everyone. Um, Things that I thought were going to happen just didn't and I didn't have control over those things. Like I thought I was gearing myself up, preparing myself, getting ready to start races and then got to the starting line and they're like, oh no, 
the races are like actually 15 kilometers, not five that you trained for. And I was like, "Mm, how can I not control this? And that was really hard. Um, So I just feel like in that time, I've just been in this like limbo of not being able to control things. Um, And that's been really difficult um, just because I feel like I didn't know what to do if what I wanted to do, I couldn't do kind of thing. I think that's where I've been like when nature has another plan for us and we're like, but no, it's going to go like X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's like, no, I, I did the thing, I did the right things. Why is it not happening? And then how do I, I guess, well, I guess the whole thing for me was buying a house. Yeah. And doing that, starting that, I guess, in 2020, um, and then COVID happened. I thought, oh, thank God I didn't buy a house because this is stressful and no one, like I could lose all my jobs and my partner could lose his job and everything like that. Like, thank God we didn't do that. Someone's looking out for me. Yeah. Not. <laughs> um, then, you know, late 2020, we started looking because again, we thought, okay, you know, like finances are fine. We're all fine. This is the new normal. Yeah. Like this is fine. Yeah. And then like anyone probably looking at property anywhere in Australia, um, everything just went insane and it went like I I couldn't logically understand it and that I think was hard for me because I was like, no, but it doesn't doesn't make sense. Um, And, yeah, so that was. Did you buy in the end? uh, As of last week. But, but <laughs> so three years on. You bought a house last week. Yes. yes. Oh, that's what you were saying that's before. We were like, that, I'm not yeah, quite I was like, in limbo. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we, I was going to talk about limbo, but then, <laughs> yeah, so. How do you feel? Um, It doesn't feel real yet, but it feels like a wait. Is it signed, sealed, delivered, or you're in the. We're not, yes, it, it's like contracts all like done and everything, but we don't move in. We have a long settlement. So we don't move in until early next year, which is good because I wasn't like after this amount of time, I was thinking like it was never, like it wasn't happening. Had you let go? Like you. So I was so checked out. Um, Yeah. Like even when the first like open house of this place, I said, Michael, like I'm making ribbon pancakes. Like I'm not leaving the house. Like I'm in my mood. Like I'm doing, I'm having fun. Like I'm not wasting my time because either way it's kind of, it, it's just been depressing the whole How situation. Many open homes are we talking? Oh, like nearly every weekend for three years. So it becomes your life. Well, but yeah, it becomes like every weekend you're doing something and then we got, very particular towards like probably the last year, year and a half where it was like, unless it's worth spending an hour or whatever of your son, uh, Saturday, I think it's more the energy that goes in around like the open houses that like you're in, you're out, like there's boomers like tapping on walls, you know, like it's fine. <laughs> like you're just trying to like, you're just trying to block everything else out. Um, I'm like walking around going like, okay, where's the sun at like certain yeah. times of the day? You're like like that's what wise. I'm worried about, <laughs> you know? Um, it's all the other, like, and even like talking to my mum and stuff, it's like, it's, you know, cause I, like, I know we could have bought a house. Like it, it's not, it wasn't about the shelter of a house. Um, and then it got to the point where the disappointment of everything, it, 
it wasn't about the house. It was everything else that it was holding mm. up. The order of things. Not, it's not even, the. I think it was the practicality. Like I don't, um, like you didn't want to be spending a, tens of thousands of dollars going overseas on a holiday when you're like, you could potentially buy a house next week and then have to move in, you know, four weeks or whatever the the scenario could be. And because you had no control over that, then it just felt like everything else. You feel like you're not really living. Yeah. You couldn't get set. Like I didn't want to do anything to our house, like the rental that we're in, because again, you could be moving in, you know, a couple of weeks. You didn't want to get a pet in case moving in a couple of weeks. Um, even any like big work things, like I felt so, I guess, like trapped in the house that we were in because it's quite small. Um, and that became very wearing yeah. on me because it was just like every time I would shoot anything, it was like transforming the house, transforming it back to living, living next to where I'm work, like having very um, close proximity to work. I just didn't want that anymore. And I think, you know, this year is my 10th year working for myself, self-employed alone and as, and working from the house, um, not from this house, but in a home in general um, and just not having any separation. And I think I, that was really wearing on me and I just so desperately wanted to change, change. the fundamental thing, like those fundamental but also just like everyday things in my life, I wanted those to change and not being able to was was tough and I felt like I, we couldn't make other decisions because mm. the house thing was lingering, I and guess. when you talk about other decisions, you mean the rest of your lives? When are yeah. we potentially getting it, the pet? Or getting, getting married. married or like, you know, yeah. weddings are expensive. Even small weddings are expensive. Um, you know, all those sorts of things that it just, yeah, it just, played into everything Mm. Um, and I just wanted it done. And I think that's like with anyone who, if like people wanted to change work or, you know, even I think obviously this is buying a house is a lot less of an extent, but like even if you're wanting to start a family, like once you have that in your mind it's and it's possibly not working out the way you thought, it's really hard to go like, do, do I just cut? Like there were so many conversations where we were like, do we just cut? that whole thing, like just not, like not even look, not even participate at all. But it was really hard to let go of that, especially when you've worked so hard and that's a part of and that was it. the vision you hold for your life. Like, and that was a yeah. bit of it too, like the house, I guess I worked so hard um, and saved so hard and like did all these things that like even that was like a part of the house buying. It was like I want all of this to to go something. somewhere like I want it to be tangible yeah. um because like the numbers like it doesn't it doesn't like equate to my life like I want it to be in something that you know I have yeah um and I can see and I you know you can be in and yes. enjoy and it can cost me a whole lot of money oh my god <laughs> every week <laughs> <laughs> which is not something I'm looking forward to but yeah, yeah. I remember the um the really distinct stuckness of trying for a baby. 
because it was mm. also limiting in the same way where it's like, well, I shouldn't say eat that stuff or mm. I shouldn't drink that much mm. and even just like the schedule that your cycle kind Limits. of puts you on yeah. as well. And then I started to live for like 18 months around when I was ovulating. Yeah. <laughs> so even like work or social, like having to kind of schedule that to that level. Yeah. Because you're so attached to this outcome of get this thing happening and getting this thing. I remember feeling the same holding pattern of I'm just kind of going through the motions mm. to get to the outcome. And I suppose in my own evolution, understanding that something else is trying to take place. Mm but your resistance to that is causing you to suffer. And so, of course, like that was relevant for me to experience. Mm. Now doing it again, I would have. Would you mm. think about like I know for me I would have fucking lived. I just would have just eaten the whatever they said I couldn't eat, mm. <laughs> you know. I would have enjoyed the martini if I felt like it. I would have just had normal sex. <laughs> You know what I mean? It wouldn't be like. But you can I only probably say hours. that in hindsight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think. I know. That's what I mean. Is yeah, I had to I go think, through it. Because even the advice the whole time, everyone gets it. Like, what was the, the annoying advice? will be yours. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, shut the shut fuck up. up. <laughs> you're like, every. Like, yeah. Like, I probably thought that for every house that I one put just an wasn't offer meant on. to be. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be. It's not your house. Like, your real house is coming for you. And I'd just be like, <laughs> no. Like, that's why I stopped talking about because I was like, I can't. It was one of my questions for you. I was like, we are not on the house buying journey with you anymore. Yeah. Mm. Well, I was like, I hate everyone. Like, <laughs> no one told me what to do. Like, and but, and I, I, I even asked, I think, like, on an Instagram story or something, like, is the right house the one, like, is, you know what I mean? Like, is it the right one for you because it's the one you got? You know what I mean? Like, because it's the like only one I you can thought, get. Yeah, like I would have thought if like three houses ago, if that if that had been the one, I'd be like, oh my god, it's right for this reason. But you're gonna love this. What? Okay, so we got a house, right? And everyone who told me that like the right house will be the one for you, like this, they'll love this. Like they'll they'll they can say <laughs> I, I told, told you so. Legit got it on the uh, week of Michael and I's 12th year anniversary. Yes. And it is like 100 metres away from where we had our first kiss. Yes, it is. And it was like this gorgeous old couple that even looked like Michael and I. Stop. <laughs> and they like labelled all the tiles, like spare tiles underneath the house and I was like... I cried when I met them. <laughs> I was like, I'm, you're too tall and, like, you look like Michael. And <laughs> it was too much. And then, yeah, so I hate that, though, because I hate that. You hate that they were right. I hate, <laughs> I hate that because it's not helpful. No, not at the time. No, not at the time. But in hindsight. Not at the time. Now I'm like, oh, my God, it was. Like, it was yeah. all worth it. Like, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Always held in the divine. I hate that, though. Um, I got that so much. It doesn't feel good in the moment. That's no, the and I feel it. like mine were especially after losing babies. Yeah. Can oh. you imagine? And, like, people would say that. It just wasn't your baby. What? <laughs> like, that's a life. Yeah. Like, we're not, no, we cannot erase this no. with that. I was annoyed enough about bricks, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's a but human. It is. And, and 
full acknowledgement that people are really, truly just trying to support us in the moment Mm. and everyone is doing their absolute best to show up Mm. at the capacity that they can. But it's just really trying to think about what is that person experiencing right now and therefore Mm. what might be a really supportive thing to Mm. say. And for me, often it was the people that were just like, I'm really sorry. Yeah, or it's really shit. Like you must be grieving, yeah. And then how far along? Yeah. And then if you're like not far enough along, then all of a sudden, oh, at least it was only, oh, my God, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just want people to be like, that's really shit. Yeah. Or it's really hard. Yeah. And not because even I was getting like all these like really great stories about people who'd be like. And then we found out. And then we found the perfect house. And I was like, cool. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) Like, yeah. So is it like beautiful? Tell us about it. It hits the right things that it needed to hit. It had really (laughs) good like energy. I guess like going to so many houses, I was like, Michael, this this is cursed. Like, let's get out of here. Like, if I, you know, yeah. I feel like oh, you know. I'm so like that, especially working from home. Like, I just, I need the vibe to be right. Need the vibe. And this had really good energy. Had like has nice details that we wanted. Like, we needed something that, you know, had little quirks or character in some way. It has that. It has like a uh, area. And a different, like, downstairs in the house that I can have completely as, like, all my shit set up, like, my mess, it's not going to bother the house. And you've got that separation so you can, like, then yeah. go to your life yeah. upstairs. has yeah. really good, like, outdoor, indoor, privacy, great light, you know, like, those sort of things that, you know, I'm less worried about, like, bedrooms for, like, Babies or Babies. things like that. But you know, it's just like fits the stage of life you're in. Yeah. You know, and then that stage will come and you'll be yeah. rethinking like how to use the space yeah. based on your needs. I know yeah. the energy thing when I went to look at daycares with Tony for Betty and I was already so um, resistant to the idea of having to put her in care mm. but like got to earn some cash and um, I would walk in. I'd be absolutely not. Mm. And he'd be like, it's just down the road. no. Mm-mm. It's very dark. Oh no, we baby needs light. She needs to be <laughs> in natural light. <laughs> and I'm looking for kind of like exclusively. You're going furniture. with the sc- sundial, like I'm putting white walls. Because <laughs> and now she's in this beautiful cottage, and that for me is like I can drop her off and feel like I know. I know the energy you're in. I know the yeah. experience you're having today. I know what you're surrounded by, and that makes this feel tolerable for me. Yeah. But if you're in a dark, damp, oh no, no. And I, there was just like sick. anyone has the kids in daycare, you'll know it's hectic in there. And <laughs> there was just this room where all the babies, like the small babies, were in. Like she didn't go till 18 months, so she was walking and everything. But there was the baby's room. And I'll just never forget there was just this little baby in this bouncer just in the corner on its own and then this toddler came over and, like, <laughs> bashed it on the head. I was like, this is a no. This, this is a hard a zoo. no for me. It was really bad. <laughs> and then when we found the one, not the one she's in now, but the one that she went to before it started getting renovated annoyingly, um, it was just I walked in and I was like, it's a yes in the body for mum. When we recorded You Were 27, Oh, and now you're 31, so just so you know. Thanks. Thanks for that. So I was like feeling into Saturn return for you. Are you into that? Um, you can explain. 
I feel like there's astrologers at least one in the room that would do a better job of this. Two in the room. Um, it's a real tumultuous homecoming. It's oh. really where we bump into who we are always supposed to become. And so there can be pretty dramatic events, mm-hmm. endings, beginnings, just texture. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like now having heard what you've moved through, that kind of does feel cosmically relevant. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I feel more at ease now. Like I feel like a weight has been just like lifted. Like I deleted the apps, you know, that was the best moment. Um, by domain, by realestate.com. <laughs> see ya. Like I'm. See your favorites list. Oh, <laughs> I do sometimes, like sometimes in my mind, I'm like, maybe I should just go on and see what there is. Like, I feel like it must be like maybe online dating. Like you're just like, oh, let's, let's see what we got on. Yeah, yeah. Let's swipe through these. <laughs> But no, I haven't gone, gone on. But yeah, definitely feel, I feel like now maybe I feel less pressure about those other things that I felt that I was putting off as well. Yeah. Like it's not everything that I want to get done and I'm not like, oh, it feels so big. Now it's like, oh, I did the thing that was like front of mind and now. The rest can flow through. Yeah. I'm not yeah. like in a. I'm not like, okay, now move in, to. let's get the pe- – like, let's let's go, you know. I'm less worried um, about everything Because you've got your home. And I think that's the thing, like, we acknowledge that even being in a position to buy a home oh. is obviously the privilege, of course, but we all deserve a home. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way it's structured right now is making that not a reality for so many people. Like, listen, including me probably, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like we'll have to see, but I think we can talk about the privilege thing, but also we all deserve a place to call our own and somewhere that we feel like is a reflection of how we want to be living Mm. and is also all our hard work because we're working so hard. I also feel like the whole, it like opened my eyes up, I guess, to how like cooked the housing like is in Australia and that like, yeah, I just think the whole thing is kind of disgusting. Um, And like, I'm not someone who sees a house as like, oh, investment, and then you do this, and then you do that. Like, I think the whole thing is kind of like a bit of a scam, if I'm completely honest. Um, And it was hard just going through this process and kind of not believe it. Like, I just couldn't see the logic in it. And I still don't see the logic in housing in Australia. Like I don't see how like it should, it shouldn't be the way that it is. Yeah. Um, and I know how hard it was for me and I'm in an extremely privileged position. Um, and that is really hard and knowing, you know, I have nieces and nephews and it's like, how, you know what I mean? Like I can't even imagine. Um, so I think that was really hard because then I, got, I became very like cynical yeah. of everything. So I was like, everything's fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, and when you're fun, like, that's not actually who be. I am, mm. that can start to wear. And this mm. has been my thing is the attachment to the house, to your point with your nieces and nephews, is actually not for me mm. and Tony, it's for Betty. Mm. Because what I don't want is for her to be in the same position that I'm in mm. with no guarantor, no mm. equity anywhere, mm no parents, Mm. like literally, that can 
provide, you know, this deposit or whatever. And I just, if nothing else for that child, like you will have a home, Mm. you know, she has a little share portfolio going, hundred bucks a month I'm putting in, like, yeah, she'll have like $2 million when she's, yeah, I don't know what age, I did the sums. It's either in her 30s or when she retires, probably more when she retires. (laughs) But just those little things of like trying to get financially literate myself so that I can change her reality. But that's crazy that you have to do that for your like, yeah. Child, like like very young financial safety yeah it's what I do right now I think yeah but that's crazy to even have to do that Mm. to ensure that like even the possibility like we you know you live in Sydney two million dollars you know what I mean like it's not moving up here because yeah yeah, it's like (laughs) yeah the houses by the if they say like what they do say which is you know everything's going to go up and I'm it's like how? Betty's going to need like $4 million. Seriously. So it's, cr- yeah, I just think the whole thing's crazy. And yeah, the whole, yeah. I've seen so many dodgy things happen, like with the houses, with real estate agents that I'm just like, I'm so glad to never. Have to be doing that again. Or, yeah. We need to be more like the Europeans. No one owns. Yeah. Everyone lives close to cities. And the rentals up fun. here went crazy. So it was also like that as well, like the instability of, of rentals up here at the moment, the cost of that going up and just like, it was more the space for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just couldn't be that close to my work all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. The work from a home vibe. (laughs) I've done it. It's so cool. Yeah. And I like it. I really enjoy working alone. Um, I get way more done. I think I'm a lot more focused. I actually had a question about your productivity and how you were speaking about it last time versus how you might be in it now. So that's coming. Mm-hmm. What I actually wanted to ask you about is there'll be people in this room who consider themselves, um, okay, so we are multidimensional beings, so that's just a fact, but also like multidimensional creatives that have lots of talents, gifts, different ways that they express themselves, lots of things that they do for a living as well. You recently used the label visual communicator, Mm. which I really loved and I hadn't heard before. And I wondered if you could talk to us about what that means to you because it feels like to me visual communication, I don't know if we can learn that. I just feel like we have that or we Mm. don't. I actually got that word from <laughs> my bachelor degree was actually in like majoring in visual communication. Oh. So they would say that you could learn it, but I was <laughs> like the institution <laughs> was onto the. Um, but I think it's that's why I started to use it because I think it does just like weave in everything, um, all the things, all of the things, communicating them visually. Yeah. It doesn't work so well on a podcast. But <laughs> works well in, in photos and videos and But do you feel else. like that's really just who you are and, like, that is your gift in this lifetime? I think I see things very yeah. visually and I really struggle to do things that aren't in that realm, yeah. I guess. I feel most comfortable. Um, I feel like I can express myself the easiest through 
um, visuals. So I think that's just what comes the most naturally to me. I feel like, yeah, I just feel like I'm a very visual person. Um, even when I'm thinking about ideas, I'm normally like visual, I can see them and then I'm trying to communicate, like, even if it's mood boards or things like that, I find it even really hard to even create a mood board that sees what I'm seeing because it, trying to find the right references, I find really hard because it's like, no, that's not exactly right. Um, it's not, like, and I have to do it yes. to, to see it. Like, I have to take it and move it around until you get the feeling that's yeah. like and then you're like oh that's this right is it. and then you look at it for too long and you're like I hate it this is why Tony and I can't work together because that's my process yeah yeah is I don't want to know when I see it so I just need you to keep <laughs> moving things around until it lands somewhere dream fine like, aren't you <laughs> we are well we had always said like oh maybe we should you know start oh. a business we would mm-hmm. get divorced oh. straight away we cannot I it's always like, say they go oh Michael's a photographer perfect for you not perfect. No. Not perfect at all. The only time we ever have disagreements is normally Same. like creatively. And he's great. I'm great. Yeah. It's just <laughs> we can't, we find it really hard unless it's like, okay, it's completely my thing and he's then just trying to do what I need him yeah. to do. So Tony won't even do that. Oh, I shot um, Mother's Day with my mum, obviously, last no, it was this year. Oh my God, what year are we in? Um, and Michael helped me shoot it. And I asked her afterwards, I was like, oh, what did you, what was the, what's the vibes? Like, what do you, and she's like, oh, it's so interesting. You're speaking like a different language. Cause you're just like, you know, up here, look down the arms, zoom in. And she was like, you were just speaking a Creative completely, directing. yeah, different language to each other mm. that she probably hadn't seen that dynamic before. Side of you. That's so cool. Yeah. It was, it was a nice day. Tony said good. to me recently, <laughs> um, are you like this with other people? <laughs> like people that you've engaged to like help yeah. you? And I'm like, yeah. See, that's why Everyone I Everyone else like- seems to be tolerating. No. <laughs> I guess there's a, um, there's a level of authenticity mm. when you're speaking to them. Like, of course, if it was a client, mm. Or somebody that I'm engaging to help me, I'd probably word it differently. Yeah. I'd probably start the email with hope you're well. <laughs> hope you're having a lovely day. I just wanted to see. Where is this? I asked for it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so our business name was Tonal, which is cute. Oh, that's Tony cute. Allison. It's cute. But it will never happen. So anyone else can take that. I'm going to TM that. Um, talking more about your work. In our last chat, you framed that working for yourself was something that you would do until you just weren't excited to do it anymore. Mm. And you said you had no ambition to build Mm. anything beyond what you were doing. I wanted Mm. to know if that's changed in any way. I don't think it has fundamentally because I don't want to manage people. I, that's not something that I'm interested in. I don't want to grow to any point where I can't do the work. Like I want to do the work and that's all I want to do. The only way I would be growing is to take off the pressure in other areas of my business. Like administration or finance or. Yeah. Yeah, Things like that. I wouldn't. Yeah. I just don't have any goal, I guess, in that sense to be hiring people. Also, I know I'm very like anxious person, anxious financially, even like 
I feel like I've just grown up that way. Um, so to be responsible for other people, like I get stressed enough of just having to take care of myself to be responsible for other people. I just know that would weigh very heavily on myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not willing to put myself in that position just to make more money to hire people. Like there's no, I don't see the incentives. I probably more see myself moving into a position, helping up like in someone else's maybe business rather than it like all be creative director type role. Yeah. I more see, yeah, art direction or something like that. Yeah. Um, moving in to help someone else than building myself. Um, just because I think that would fundamentally take away from what I do. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely points where I go, I really enjoy the ideas. I really enjoy that. Um, and sometimes I feel like I am limited when it's the ideas, it's me in it and I'm shooting it and I'm doing BTS and I'm like, okay, <laughs> maybe something's got to give. Um, so I guess it's maybe sticking with the ideas part or the direction part yeah. um, and moving into a position where other people can then come in and, but I'm not responsible. Execute the vision. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not responsible for their wages and yeah. everything like that because I, I think that's a whole, a whole undertaking. Um, and I think this is one of the ways that we challenge what success looks like because I think running your own business, what's been modelled to us is you grow the team, mm. you get mm. the big office, mm. when actually like I've extended into that type of thing a couple of times myself mm. and same as you, like I realise I'm much happier mm. working alone and I think having to let go maybe of the the leadership mm. label that I'm a leader, I lead mm. people, I have teams, that's what mm. I do, when actually I understand oh, no, I'm leading a community mm. of people and I'm serving that way but actually I'm an independent operator Yeah, and I love that I don't have anyone to take care of, I mm. suppose. And I think maybe it's also being in a motherhood season. Mm. Like I'm just trying to take care of my baby, yeah, you know, That's and run enough. my business. Yeah, And so you realise, oh, it's a pretty tall order actually to put on yourself to then be. I also find I can run into this challenge where um, I find it difficult to get effective in my business as a leader because I have the concern that they need me to be someone for them, mm. that they I need to be Alison Rice mm. that says the thing when really I'm like, can you just do the task? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no spiritual way I can say it. I like, also feel like I'd be the just, worst boss. Yeah. Like I'm a bad enough boss to myself. Yeah. So I wouldn't, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I make myself work hard, hard enough, enough, you know. Like, I don't want to do that to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for doing that to someone else. You know? It's a lot. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I was reflecting back a lot. Actually, I've just run like the biggest season of my membership ever. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's been the most easeful, the most effortless, but doing it alone for the first time. Mm. So there's also something in that belief for me that I need help or I won't be able to do it on my own. Mm. And then like the position the business was in, like, well, I just have to. Yeah. <laughs> there's literally no money to pay the people. So you just yeah. have to do it on your own. And I was like, I've got this, yeah. you know, sure 
three in boxes is not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like I will get like um, an assistant or something at a point, but I can do it. I can hold it. And I think just stretching into my own capacity, I suppose, mm. of like, can I go there? Can I do it? And then you're like, well, I'm doing it. You're doing it. Yeah. And then you're in it and, <laughs> and you're, like, you're in okay. It. Yeah. You well, you just got to keep, you got to keep doing, <laughs> doing it. The, doing the doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing in our last chat, you identified as someone who is kind of hyperproductive and you felt really challenged not extracting creative value from every moment <laughs> in your day. Um, has that changed for you? Like do you feel like you've kind of eased off a bit or are you still? I think I've eased off in terms of like sharing. I feel like since that time I'm sharing less. Yeah, I've noticed um, that. And I think all personal moments like I just hate to be on my phone when I'm like with people, um, especially. So now it's very rare that I'm even like, I have no photos of my friends. Like we don't like just my phone's away and I can be really present in those moments and making sure that I have that boundary for myself has been really important. But when I guess I know I'm still in that thing where if I have like an idea or I see, like I see something, like I have to do it and it doesn't matter, like I guess even what I have on or things like that, like I will, you know, work late, work weekends, do anything to make it happen. And I think so much of my business is even personal work that's unpaid um, and realising that like it's fine to take the time to do those things yeah. um, and it, the importance of those things, even though they don't financially support me <laughs> in any way at the, at the point of producing them um, and realising that, that those things are still extreme, like they're probably one of the most important parts of my business. Um, and, and, yeah, so it's just. It's so valuable that you share that. Well, I think. Because it's like. I think we both know it's the personal work that leads to the aligned clients anyway. I always just go like, it's going to come, it's going to come, someone's going to pay me eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like some, like someone's going to see something and it always like, even if it's a year on, yeah, it always comes, comes back around in some way. And I go, as long as like, I have enough client work to financially, like, obviously that's a huge privilege to be able to have enough client work to support but you've my lifestyle. That. But as long as I have that, you know, bases covered, like I don't need more than that. Like yeah. I, like that's fine. Um, and also it comes in waves where, you know, some months I'll have so much client work that like I know those personal projects are going to be on sticky notes and, yeah. you know, but I'll, I'll get to them and everything will come around when I, you know, when I get to yeah. it and knowing that it's there. And it's probably good for those times where you're burnt out and you're like, oh my God, I've like, can't see anything, can't visualize anything. And I definitely had a time in, I think it was early 2021 where I completely like drained myself. Creatively. I think just in general, I think through 2020, I was so scared that everything I'd worked for was going to go. Like I was just, and um, my partner, he was off work and I just thought, this is it. Like everyone, everyone's screwed. Like, and I just worked to the bone 
and got myself into a spot early 2021 where I was extremely burnt, extremely anxious. I was having almost panics over any email that would come through going into panic. Um, I would had, and I'm very like a decisive person. Like I know what I like, I know what I don't like. I know, you know, that sort of thing. Um, even if someone else says they don't like, like, I'm like, no, that's, that's the right one. Like, or that's the right way to go. I became extremely indecisive. Um, we'd be texting Michael two photos that were almost identical being like, which one's better? Like, or are they both horrible? Like I just couldn't see anything. Um, and kind of like we lose that connection to the gift in a way or yeah. the source. And the I channel. was just yeah. so like, de- like I, it was the only time that I really dreaded working and I have never, never felt that way before. And thankfully haven't since. Um, and it was when I was reading this book that's called um, The Discouraged to be Disliked. Have you read it? Oh, I've heard about it. It's like a book and it's uh, basically a philosopher talking to a student, um, that's kind of the format. So it's like a... Like a okay, dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his like kind of theory was that like any emotional thing that you're going through, like you're doing to yourself, basically like to serve a, like an outcome. And I remember I was sitting there in bed with Michael and I'm like, I'm getting like pissed off reading this book. I'm like, I'm feeling so anxious and you're telling me, like, this man's telling me that I'm doing it to myself. Like, I was like this, like, I was about to burn the book. Like, <laughs> Michael's like, no, it's a, good, like, it's a good book. You should read it. And I'm like, no. And he just looked at me and goes. Michael's like, read the book, finish the yeah. book. <laughs> no, well, he was just like, and he's so, he's so good. He was just like, well, what, what could you be trying to achieve? And I was like, the nerve on this man. Like, <laughs> are you about to be kicked out of this bed? And I was sitting there and I was going, oh, my God. And then I went to bed. I was having a dream. I had a dream that night. We, I know no one wants to hear about my dreams, but. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I had this dream where I'd like kind of had almost like a breakdown basically and someone said like you'll, like, you'll have to take a break because you're too. Burnt like, out. Too burnt out. You've like pushed yourself too far basically. And then I woke up and I kind of thought, oh, <laughs> Maybe there is the possibility that among other things I'm working myself to a point where I can no longer work and some and that will be acceptable because I've pushed myself to that point like it will be a permission slip to be, stop it will be a you're like mm. no like it's okay no one's going to judge me if I'm like That's needing right you know, that time, but I felt before that point, it wasn't valid to take the time yeah. off or to slow down or, you know, that sort of thing. Because I was wondering, like listening to you tell that story, whether what was also activated for you was that money story, mm. you know, that, you know, you were predominantly raised by your mum. Mm. And having seen her have to be always locking it down financially mm. to make sure that you guys were okay. Like mm. it's interesting in these seasons of our lives, like what gets pushed mm. and all of a sudden we're like, why am I so anxious? Why am I overworking myself? But we're mm. not realizing that something's been activated in us. That's been kind of lying 
dormant. That's kind mm. of what I thought maybe as well with that sense of scarcity yeah. around in the air, especially exactly. at that time. As someone, a creative that works for themselves, like yeah. we're the first off the... It's risky business. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs a, a pretty photo at that point, no. but it turns out they did. <laughs> exactly. We won. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about um, the old Instagram, but I think we can also extend into TikTok as well. It's like a bit of an emerging platform. But you've been um, sort of in the business of Instagram since at least 2012. So over 10 years now of showing up actually very consistently on this platform. What's your relationship with Instagram today and just like kind of creating content? I feel like you've always known that it's uh, a long game. Mm. It's a volume in long game. You haven't mm. ever ha- resisted that in any mm. way. Mm. Is it feeling like, fuck, I've got to do this thing? Um, I think it only feels like that when I step away from it. I think as long as I stay in like a rhythm with it and uh, as long as I feel connection with it, then it's fine. Um, I think I've really dropped. I always think like I'd have to post like on feed once a day. And recently I stopped doing that. And I was like, the world doesn't end. Like <laughs> nothing happens. Like it's fine. Um, because you can't, I know there's only so much time yeah. in my day. And but your reels are like feature films. They're amazing. Oh, <laughs> but I like see the, that as like work. Like yeah. work portfolio. Um, and yeah, and like again, once I have something, like it doesn't matter if I have to do it on the weekend. Like I have to, to do, do it. it, and I have to do it now. What is that hyperfixation? It's like I have to work it out. It's like a problem. You have to in solve. my mind. I have to, yeah, I have to visualize it, and I have to. It has to meet what's in my mind, and it has to. And I was just like, I have no patience. So I also just like want to share it as soon as, you know, it's done. I, I'm well, not That's good. why I love watching your process because we see the idea on like Thursday. But sometimes that's like before. <laughs> and then by Sunday it's like realise it's incredible. But sometimes I'm just filming lots of little snippets um, along the way. of, And that's something that I've had to really get into more. And sometimes I don't because you're so – in trying to make what you visualize happen to think about another camera or think another angle or another, another like or try think about what you're doing even in steps is hard for me that's why I always think like I'd be a terrible to do like um you know like workshops or things like that because like I don't know the steps like I just <laughs> how can I go to a workshop and be like yes yeah, see it and then just do it do it um yes yeah, so like you don't be have terrible. a method to teach it's just like no, uh, it's like a I channel. I wouldn't, yeah. yeah. So trying to film little snippets um, along the way and then once the thing's realised and done, that's yeah. when I normally go back through and go, okay, well, what makes sense? Um, what didn't work? What did, what, you know, because sometimes I even share the parts that didn't work or things I found difficult. Even that recent like Amaz um, keyhole yeah, that thing. that was beautiful. I filmed that like three times on different cameras and like it, it was unpaid, right? Thank you. It was yeah. pardon. That's oh, unpaid. unpaid. No, yeah. no, yeah, completely. And that's also a funny thing. I was talking to someone in Melbourne about that, and I thought if it was paid, it probably would have never happened like that. Like it just because I wouldn't have got the package, I would have known what the product was from a PDF, um, and then I probably would have came up with a concept around 
the product. Yeah. Um, and it would have been a completely different outcome because yeah. that's just the way client work works. Like you get, you know, the brief so and you then, get, yeah. yeah. And you come up with, you still are able to, as I was saying to you earlier, like we love, I love a rebrief, like give me a brief and I'll Take you know what's actually going to happen. And I'll throw it back, <laughs> something completely different. But, you know, um, and it's only through sometimes that really tactile seeing something that even gives you the inspiration to do something like that. And the other, I guess, way of doing it would be me producing it, sending it to a client, saying, Will you pay me for this? Um, and then, you know, you could be talking like months, months. of whether it's work, like whether it's worth it for them, whether, you know, all of that sort of thing. And then it's, and then the idea is gone. Yeah. Like then it, the moment. Yeah. The moment's gone. And I hate that. The thing that was trying to come through was like, I'm going to go find someone else. You yeah. are taking too long. Yeah. And that's what I find sometimes hard about pitching because I just really w- want to do the, do the thing, the thing. Um, and share the thing. Sometimes that really lengthens the process and, and changes. It the just changes. Yeah, yeah. It changes it a little bit. Um, but I also love, you know, sometimes pitching ideas and then they do come back and it's like a month later or whatever like that. And then I'm able to really, Realize it. yeah. And that's, and then I can go, Oh, it's fine if I take like a week to do this thing, or I have to buy all this stuff to make this thing happen because like that's valued. Um, and I'm really lucky that I have clients that will say like, we have, you know, this day coming up or this product coming out, um, what would you want to do? And giving me really free, like free reign on, on it. And I'm really, really lucky. We know these are the best collaborations when you just let the person do what they do and express themselves through your brand or through your product. It's always going to do better than when it's like, can we have three slide story, you know, <laughs> 10 images on a grid, Yeah, you know, speak to this, speak to that. It's like nobody, it's got no essence. Mm. It's and just, everyone, normally if it's that sort of way, everyone's getting the same brief um, yeah. across the board. Exactly. Um, and that's did you see interesting. my um, Hermes unboxing? Yes, I It was did. my first one. It was good with the sound. Did you? I thought so. Yeah, I always like a little. It keeps the attention. She's like, what you sounds when I was coming doing next? Like, because it's a it's a production. I had mm. to do my little. Got my tripod out. The tripod. <sighs> Watch out. And it's so funny because I took my like I got rid of gels on my nails. I'm doing a bit of a return to naturalness. Ooh. And now everyone's like, your nails are painted. I'm like, it's non-toxic polish relax. But I was having, I'd just gotten them removed and it was Mm. that week I was just letting them just have some air, Mm. like breathe. Mm. Here's the light of day. You've never seen (laughs) this before. (laughs) And it was so funny. I'd like people commenting like the nails and DMs like, oh my God, I've never seen your actual nails before. I was like, what about the unboxing? Oh my God. You're like, like, um, (laughs) three hours that took me. Did it it's on my first one. Oh, yeah. You, you know, get, so I was trying pro- to figure it yeah, out. with practice. You're but Tony came home, he's like, really good use of lines. And I was like, mm. thank you. I hadn't even noticed I'd done that. <laughs> You're like, yes, very considered of me, the composition. <laughs> oh, dear. It was a beautiful um, package. This is not sponsored. Let's talk about – no, it's not. <laughs> let's talk about um, – you had a little dabble in that anonymous questions box. <laughs> And when you did it, I was like, goodness me, you're brave. I literally would not have the emotional 
I wouldn't capacity. suggest it. I wouldn't suggest so it. So what happened? Like you had some awful people come in, right? It's like uh, most of it's normal, but the problem with it is, you know, a Russian roulette because you just tap on the, it doesn't kind of show you what it, or you, yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get. So you're not really prepared. Um, and it just got to a point where it was like, everything like I'm now watching my hands but mm. like it was just it's my favorite thing about you by it was the way. like outrageous things about how I move what I when I speak what I'm like just everything um questions about how you speak no no just, these comments. Were just statements <gasps> so they <laughs> didn't get the whole anonymous question <laughs> part of the thing but Mostly it's fine. Like mostly it's fine. I just have to really be in the right. Oh, so you're still doing them? No. No, I was like, no. I haven't been in the right headspace since. Lady, we're not doing those. We're not giving them that level of um, influence over our experience of ourselves. I feel like TikTok's like bad enough just being on there that like you don't need the anonymous questions anymore. the wild, wild west. I, um, (laughs) now I'm annoyed that I didn't realise you can just turn off comments, Mm. which typically isn't something I would do, but I got rinsed like, (laughs) oh my God. I was like, (laughs) I just, I just, it took my breath away. Like I realised what I did was I was (laughs) just starting to like, create TikTok content and <coughs> watching so much of it. You know, as a creator, you just get the rhythm of like, oh, this is how we do it here. It's mm. just like a tone. Mm. You're going to speak like this. It looks like this. You shoot it like this. And so I did the thing that I typically mm. wouldn't do, which I tried on the style of probably like a Gen Z TikToker. Mm. And I just thought as, as an experiment, I just want to see, does this do better if I put a little bit of inflection in my voice? So otherwise I sound a bit monotone. If I, you know, walk with the camera, put it down as I'm speaking. If I say something a bit spicy, mm. you know, gets the girls not going. too safe. Mm. And boy, did it work. Got spicy? Like in 24 hours I had it's like something like 11,000 views, which is a lot for me. Mm. I'm in the kind of 200 to 3,000 vibes. And the comments, um, I called myself a mentor because like, that's what I do. And then someone was like, you're not old enough to be a mentor. So it's like, well, so I can like, I can see that. I, can, yeah. I understand. Um, you sound like a mean girl. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh. I'm like the opposite of that girl. I'm like the girl that says to that girl, like, should we talk about how you're feeling? (laughs) And, yeah, there was more, but it was I feel like for TikTok you can tell when it turns and as soon as it turns it's It's like like wildfire. It's downhill fast. Yeah. Like I always can tell. It'll like pop up like one or two little comments and then it'll just like comments on those comments and then it's like flooding. So I have kind of like a rule with, because there was a few times where I was like, this is, and like maybe like about my work, like I don't really care too much. What I I, I guess I haven't been, but like when they're coming at how I look or something like that, that I find really difficult because it's hard enough to film yourself. Like it's hard enough to break past like all of those thoughts, like do not like or no one cares. What are you doing? You're Shut ugly. up. Like, stop, stop filming. Doing, like, yeah. how dare you wear that top today? Like all those thoughts that's constantly going on in your head. Like, oh, you know, 
put more concealer on, whatever it is, all of those thoughts you already have, like you push past those because you're like, no, that's not what matters. Like you're trying to, you know, be your own, I guess, role model in that sense of like, those things don't matter. Like just, you know, be yourself. And then when people just come at when me they physically, say the thing you've been saying to yourself, that is the because like, well, or even things that you had never thought of before, yeah. like insecure, like new ones, like oh, that one's a fun one to put in my mind. Like I'll add that one to the list, and it's fine on a good day. Like on a good day, I can be like, this person's ridiculous. Like how funny. On a bad day, like it's crushing. Um, or when you're really tired or just like exhausted or something like that, or you've just spent a whole day trying to film stuff or do something and you're like, why am, am I, I doing, doing this? this? So I just have a rule now, as soon as it starts to turn and you can see, you know, I always think like 50,000 views is where it turns. Anything over 50,000, like you're going to get People are going to get crazy. And I do think they just do it so that their oh, for comment sure. is at the top and then it, you know, because they, I, I especially feel like on TikTok, like no one knows like anything, like it's a completely wide, varied group of people. Um, where yeah, they I, have no I context more, of you. They have no yeah. relationship with you or your brand. Fly. <laughs> I would feel more offended if people on Instagram said that, I guess, because I feel like more connected to them, whereas TikTok feels just like a spray. Of- it's literally the wild, wild west. I was like, that's it. I'm turning it off. I'm deleting the app. I'm never doing that again. This is horrible. Did you just turn off comments quicker. I wish I knew to do that because I deleted the video, which is actually quite a good video, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> you should have you just left the video up. And you know that removed. moment where you're like, oh my God, delete everything. <laughs> Retreat. Retreat. Quit. Get Everyone back. forget my name. Get back in your shell. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't do this. Um, the copyright infringement cases we spoke about mm. last time, I feel like I want to give a tiny bit of airtime to those mm. um, only because I want to know like you made this comment that it made you feel disconnected from your own handwriting. So mm. this part of you that's so personal, mm. that is one personal way you express yourself. You're like, that doesn't feel like it belongs to me anymore. And you stopped offering that, essentially mm. stopped doing that. Do you feel like kind of healed from that experience or does that still linger for you? I just give zero energy yeah. to it now. Like I still get messages about certain things that are close around. to my work or whatever. And I just can't give anything to it because it's just, I just know there was no, I didn't get anything from that. Um, I, you know, even, even when things went as well as they could have gone and, you know, the company is or whatever, did the thing. Yeah. And, you know, we settled and whatever. You never got any feeling of like, yes. Was that redemption? Yeah, yeah. Like you never get that. And anyone who was, even if it was on like a more personal level of like just other designers or whatever it was, like it just, it doesn't matter. Like, and I know where I'm at now, like it, it just, doesn't matter. Everyone is on like their own 
like path with it. And if, if so, I honestly believe if someone is like copying your work or whatever it is, like that's obviously a different story to copyright infringement. But I also feel like they're just trying to find their way, their way in it. And if that's the way that they operate continually, like it's not like nothing is not good. They're not going to get to where I, where I am from doing that. I just yeah. know that. Um, and I know how much time and effort it takes to like evolve yourself or um, all the work that goes into that. And I just go like, good it luck. does it. Or yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. And to me, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and it's not worth me even looking into any of these things further yeah. because it just detracts from where my head needs to be. Like yeah. I feel like being creative, you have to be so focused and so like in tune with what you're doing. I and think, not looking at who's copying me, yeah, who's like doing not, what I'm doing. Yeah, like yeah. it's not. And I think moving into this space of more photography or videography or whatever it is, visually communicating, <laughs> I feel like it's less – uh, important, I guess. Oh, it's where less, you're like people your can't, you can't just take what I do now as easily as before. Um, so I feel protected more in that sense Yeah, as well. And also that goes with the behind the scenes stuff. Like I'm only showing what I want to show. In terms of process. Yeah. yeah. The other interesting thing is equipment. Cause I know you get asked mm. so much, like what cameras do you mm. use? And I think there is that kind of belief that, well, if I just buy mm. the camera she has, then mm. my work will be like hers. Same with, say, these microphones, mm. right, like or the, my setup. I get so many, mm. you know, prospective podcasters say, I hope you don't mind, but can you tell me what you use? And mm. I used to get annoyed and be like, well, I've had to buy five microphones to mm. find out and I've had to do all that research. But then in the end I was like, sure, yeah, they're these ones. They're the cheapest ones you can find. But the important thing to remember is, it's not about the microphone. Yeah. This one just happens to be right for my voice. The other yeah. ones didn't work for me. But it's not the equipment. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like I know we want to believe that if we buy all the stuff, mm. we're going to be able to produce that level of work. But the only way we do that is just by doing more work. Yeah. And continuing even when to people be say like, practice. oh, what video do you use for videography or whatever? And it's like, well, what do we talk? Like there's so many variables in my mind. I go, well, layout, what's the project? Like what are we working on? Because... Yeah. You know, that could be so varied as well. Like um, even if you're talking about lighting and things like that. And for so long I just shot in the sun. Yeah. Um, and it was mainly because, A, I didn't want to continue, like even sun damage, just even being out in the sun, even no matter what sort you of hats. thought about that. Yeah, and that sort of thing. And in the summer here, like, oh, my God, it, I was getting heat stroke doing shoots. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. And, and this is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, so – but it's just so varied. I feel like it's like, what are we talking about? Photos, you know, I have multiple cameras. Depends, you know, what someone's looking for. And also like so much can be done like on the phone or whatever that you have. Like you don't need all this fancy stuff. You don't need the best printer. Like I'd, I was using a printer until like early this year. And even the one I have now, like I wouldn't say it's that, like it works. That's that's the base level of it's the base expectation. <laughs> yeah, like the other one like worked half the time. Like that's why I upgraded. But it doesn't really matter, matter. at the end of the day. Um, as long as what you have works, like, I feel like you it's the can creative application. And I think becoming yeah. more, uh, even for me, focusing on the 
the ideas, not as much the um, the ideas and the process to me are the funnest, the most enjoyable parts. Um, and I think the more I focus on those, like the less the other things can be taken, like the results can be taken, but the ideas and that can't. Yeah. Or the process can't, like those things are mine and mine only. And that probably leads into like AI and things like that. Like you, like <laughs> we won't end, open up that can of worms. Say, No, no. <laughs> um, but again, like knowing that, that I, I know that's where my value is even in, you know, for clients, but even like for myself, like I know that's where I have the most fun. Yeah. Um, so the, the tools you know, new tech is always fun. Um, <laughs> but it's not the. No. And I think you can do so much with so little that oh my God, agree. like for, for so long, like very bare bones um, in terms of things. And like, yeah, I could always keep like upgrade and I probably, you know, will, but I know that you can execute a lot on very little. Yeah. Um, even just like craft things and that sort of stuff. I love my craft drawers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, should we talk about Michael? Yeah, okay. <laughs> He'll love it. No. Just step change into something yeah. completely different. <laughs> um, well, within your own kind of boundary lines of what you're, mm. you know, open to sharing, just how are you both and where are you at in your relationship? Because you've been together a really long time. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, it was like 12 years in... October. Um, yeah, we good. I think the housing is now just been like a weight yeah. lifted off us. And I think we're just really excited to get into a place that is our own um, and really do the, like even just like the small like life things that I think that we're really looking forward to. Like even he always says like, I can't wait just to have like a coffee out on like the courtyard area and things like that. I think small things or like having my niece and nephew over and they at like the gardens kind of, you know, um, off the house and it's contained because <laughs> they're like <laughs> two and three. So they need to be Wild. contained. Yeah. Um, you know, like little things like that. I think we're really looking forward to, um, and just so grateful because he has just just been such like a strong like support, I guess, for me, especially when I was saying um, 2021 in particular, there was so much patience that he had. Like I would, just every night I would just be cry, like in mm. tears, like also much anxiety, so many like panic attacks even um, as I mentioned to you before this, like I've had a bit of social anxiety, um, which I thought was great to do this where everyone's looking at me. Um, oh, so I'm so proud of you because the easiest thing for you to do would have been like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And he's just so understanding, like he has so much understanding of that, um, that he got me through so much of that. Mm. Um, obviously went to psychology and things like that as well, but he was just so great in understanding and having the same conversations because I'm sure I was just repeating myself night after night with the same rhetoric um, and just being with me through that and, yeah, like the most help 
like I, I sometimes feel like most like some psychology sessions were less productive than you know him <laughs> which is good it's it's cheaper um somewhat um but yeah I think and I think it's nice to come out of that and have some relief I guess the exhale yeah mm. and now and to be able to like feel into that the next season of your relationship where that yeah. stuff isn't as prominent and isn't at the yes. front and so what might be at the front now. Yes, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a lot more My legs relaxed. Oh, no. We'll just have to take a moment before you stand up. But, yeah, it's been it's been a tough few years but I think we were always on the same page with everything so that made it really easy, I think. Um, you know, watching, was it House Hunters? You know, yeah. like <laughs> you always <laughs> see these couples and you're like, you guys don't even like each other. Like, why are you buying a house? Um, so it was really good in that sense that we we knew what like life we we want and we we're really on the same page with that um, and making sure that we were always like aligned with what we were doing, whether it was are we just going to say fuck this whole thing um, or uh, you know, like the decisions that we were making, we were always on the same pages, which is really like it made the whole thing more frictionless when it could have been the a lot more. That. Yeah, it could have been, t- yeah. Mm. I'm very aware that it could have gone a different way. Um, but And these know, are those seasons in relationship like I feel like Tony's met like 10 different versions of mm-hmm. me in say 13 years and there was a particular season I think around the time we were trying to conceive Betty where um, my anxiety was, I don't know what the word is, I don't want to say out of control but it was my primary experience mm-hmm. was it was like I was anxious and then life was happening in the background of that dominant mm-hmm. experience in the front and on reflection, much the same, the much the same as you are now, is how he, um, I think, just reorganized his own situation to be able to meet me where I needed him. So I had this um, really intense kind of morbid fixation that he was going to die, and that I would have to die if he would die. So mm. I wouldn't be able to live without him. And so I was my whole life for a long time, actually, it's probably longer than I realize. In that chapter, maybe 18 months to two years, my whole life was set up around kind of protecting him. Sounds crazy talking about it now. Mm -hmm. But I would, um, I've still got find my friends on the phone, which is super handy now. So I see when he's coming home Mm -hmm. from work to relieve me from my mm-hmm. Betty duties. Like how long have I gone? Oh, my God. He's, he's gone. <laughs> the countdown's on. <laughs> um, but we set it up in that time because it was just one little tool I had that I could just, if I could just see that he was at work, then I would know, okay, well, he'll probably be safe there. Like mm. nothing can happen there. But if he went out and did like something social at night, I was oh like in God. the fetal position on the bed. Oh, my God. And, I, and he would then start doing these check-ins with me where he would like call mm. me or he would text to be like, now we're just going here. Mm. We're just going to go for another drink here. Like, oh my God. Now yeah. I look back, I'm like, you poor bugger. You're like, that's a lot of admin. Yeah. I'm yeah. just having to keep me kind of calm. Yeah. Um, and then there was like a couple of occasions where 
you know, he just didn't check his phone. And so I would, I, mm. I'd gone to like, I'm going to get a knock on the door. It's going to be the police telling me he's oh died. God. It was so, so terrible. I could not yeah. see the light. Like I just, yeah. And I don't even actually know. Like I think when it was it just stop? meditating, I think oh, was the yeah. thing. I think it was gaining the perspective of what I really am mm. made me realize that, well, it's, and not in a cliche way, but like it's literally not in my control. Like mm. whatever his storyline is, is his story. Mm. And if that bumps into my storyline where I'm going to have to grieve him for whatever reason. But it's kind of gone now, like the whole, but maybe I've kind of transferred it onto Betty a bit. Yeah, I was going to say, how is that with a child? Because I feel like I'd always be like, yeah. the child's dead. Like, like when daycare says they're going on an excursion, they're quite oh. impromptu. I'm the like, vibes are good, but the, the organisation probably not. <laughs> so like that morning they'll say, we've decided to go to the park. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. And then I'm the, probably the one mum that writes back, so like how many educators will there be and like mm. do you think they'll be all right on the road and <laughs> if there's a pram strap How does someone <laughs> respond to that? Do you think you'll be all right on the road? Uh, like it depends. Like honestly, depends who else is one out there the today. One of the benefits I will say, <laughs> the privilege of doing this job. Is you the, follow them? the head educator listens to the podcast <laughs> and follows me on Instagram. But I didn't know that. And she didn't, like, she was listening before I mm. started Betty there. And so now she, like, she's like, she's my child. I take care of her like she's my oh, own. That's I'm like, good. oh, thank God. That's what I need. That's nice. So maybe I have just literally, because now with Tony, like, I don't even think I've called him today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Probably should check in. He's, he's watching, making sure you're here on Find My Friends. I think I was supposed to call before you arrived now that I think about it. I probably came early. I probably mix, mixed up your rhythm. So you could be anywhere <laughs> doing anything. Um, we've come to the end. That was fast. You'll be pleased to know. I do have a question for you that is different to my other <clears throat> normal last question. I'm just trying this on because I feel like this could be the vibe for season nine. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, but inside my beautiful space, mm-hmm. the membership, this season especially we've been really feeling into declaring the highest vision we hold for our lives and really getting into becoming the condition for that vision, like energetically, like are we primed? Are we the vessel for this thing to come into our reality? Um, really getting people to visualize, to speak into it. We've been doing, you would love it, like these beautiful kind of collages that represent our highest vision and getting really descriptive from Mm. like the moment we wake up to what we're doing for work and when we go to bed, like Mm. what is it going to be like? And this is all coming for us. So I wanted to ask you, um, what is the highest vision that you hold for your life and your work? Like can you speak into obviously what you're always holding in your mind because that's why you're working so hard and I guess like I don't know if this is a boring but I think like I really want to lead a very like creative life and I don't mean that even in necessarily work like I I find so much joy in doing like little things or like little ways in life that are like creative whether that is like cooking or a garden or you know little things like that that I just I guess that gives just gives me so much joy um so if I can continue doing that in any way and being, I guess, really present in those moments is probably my biggest 
focus. And that could even be like when I'm hanging out with my family and just being extremely present um, and giving myself to those situations rather than, um, I guess, trying to control or being on edge or having the anxiety. Like, I guess, like, ideally, I'd like to leave all of that um, and just be in this constant state of flow, I guess, because that's why I think the with work, when it's feeling as bad, there's like, I, I, I don't know how to explain it other than a flow because I, I, I can't articulate, but it, sometimes in work, there's just these like moments where you're like, you can just like, you feel it in your whole body and you're just like, you know, like the right song comes on shuffle and you're like, you're like, (laughs) you're like this, this is, this is why you do it. Yeah. Like, and it, you know, and that can come in moments that aren't work either, but you just like this, mm. this is it. And if I can just continue having as much of that as possible, you know, that's ideal. Or if, But often I always imagine it with music. I don't know why, but I imagine even like I was thinking like moments at home where like the music's on, we've got like the incense going, you know, Michael has his coffee or whatever. And, you know, it's just yes. like – E, like an ease um, to it and a flow to it. And you're just like seeing things, paying more attention to things um, and really in it. I think that's always what like I'm striving for. I guess that's the present moment awareness mm. is not living a life thinking about the future. Mm. It's just being in the now. You know, we say that and you're like, yeah. what is that really though? But yeah, that's what that like, is. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, because I think then if you're in that state of flow, you, your mind is more open to seeing things and then being inspired by those things. Yeah. Um, and that always feels more natural than going, I'm going to sit down today and come up with five ideas or whatever. Like that's not how yes. I'd like to be at all. It's not fun. It's so beautiful. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you did a beautiful job today. Thank you. And for me, I don't know how you felt inside, but externally. I didn't have to leave, so that I yeah. didn't have that urge that was, to get out. <laughs> so Which was good. Michael I gave me off said, milk this morning, so he said I could use that as an excuse if I was feeling anxious. So. <laughs> We had a little agreement that if it all got a bit much, she would go and I would just keep talking. Yeah, you'd have a solo app. <laughs> you'd forget you knew me. Well, I'm very proud of you because you made it look Thank very you. effortless. Okay. Yeah, I actually felt all right. Yeah. Thank God. I got through it. Um, can you please join me in thanking our special guest? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. If something I said today landed deeply in your body and felt true, I want to encourage you to move into intentional action. Visit getoffline.co and consider signing up to my mailing list. You'll receive conscious career love notes from me, invitations to learn with me, and much more. One last thing. If you know someone who would benefit from listening to Offline, please share it with them.